0: is sponsored by the award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross.
1: Hey, Boo Things! it's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just, Just Goody, Goody
0: Things. Woo. I forgot we were supposed to do it separately when we do it this way.
1: <laughs> it's been a while since we've recorded over Zoom, so... Yeah. It's okay. Are we explaining why we have to do Zoom this week or we
0: just... Um, I mean, we can because I don't think the Boothangs know that I'm just constantly sick with something. I don't think they know about like my bad luck.
1: Lily's about to write a memoir on her life being sick 25-8.
0: <laughs> Literally, I've been sick 25-8. I, no, I've been sick for with w- at least one thing since... December, 2020. So like, it's been about 10 months and I feel like I was talking to my mom actually. And she was like, you know, there are people who are just like medical enigmas and they get papers written about
1: them. I was like, that's not why I want to be famous. Lily's memoir is pretty much going to be titled the will to Lily. I love that. (laughs) I love that. You know what, we'll have James Allen Ross be the ghostwriter and everything will be good. Honestly, I feel like literally
0: my claim to fame might be my consistent illness. Like, I, I want to be someone's midterm paper. I want to be someone's final essay. Like, I want to be a capstone project. It's a like, pretty that's cool party trick. <laughs> right? I was saying, no, I was saying, I was talking to the doctors and I was like, listen don't bother I meant to tell you this I was like don't bother trying to get me to feel better because something else is just gonna happen like I could feel better when I leave today and then get hit by a truck like it's not gonna last
1: it's just one thing after another I just love I just love the realistic approach to how your day-to-day will go
0: oh my god it gets I have to say though like it's kind of funny to hear this but like every time like my grandmother will call like my mom's mom or my dad's mom or like anyone my uncles they all are like how does nick like his job and is lily feeling better
1: (laughs) they don't even they just have the formatted questions ready to go
0: those are the that's like the standard gauge of beginning a conversation is like how's nick doing and is lily okay (laughs) Did the doctors find anything yet? And they're just like, no, but he's doing
1: great. (laughs) (laughs) Nick is thriving, but uh, Lily, she's just, she's hanging on. She's a trooper. She's, you know, yeah, you know. (laughs) So this week's episode is actually Lily's idea. So Lily, do you want to tell our boo things what this week's episode's on? Yes, for a change, I came up with
0: an idea and it actually worked out. We're talking about haunted toys, not quite dolls, but toys.
1: Yes. So one of our first episodes in our first season, specifically episode four, it's called Getting All Dolled Up. We talk about <laughs> haunted dolls, and I thought that was a really cool episode. And when Lily brought up haunted toys, I was so on board because it's been a while since we talked about something similar to this. And I, I, think we, we, I think we got some good stories this week. I think so, too. All right, so since I started last week, Lily, do you want to start? Sure, it would be
0: an honor. Here we go. Okay. Here, I'll save that one for us. Okay, so this one is by Strawberry Milk. Okay. Uh, you know, Straw underscore R-R-Y Milk, and it's called Bedroom Haunting Shadow People. So growing up, I had experienced quite a bit of paranormal activity in my bedroom when I was about six or seven years old. I would experience weird things such as my TV going static and hearing or feeling someone breathing down my neck. But in all honesty, I would just chalk it up to being my imagination. The most notable encounter happened in my room when I was with my two older siblings. We were chilling and watching TV when all of a sudden my room began to shake. And a loud dog-like growl occurred throughout my room. My siblings and I book it out of my room screaming and go straight to our parents' room to get our dad. We told him what happened and he said it was probably a dog outside. So he got his pellet gun (laughs) and went outside to check if there was a dog. But sadly, there wasn't. We know it was not an earthquake either because my dad didn't feel it. And where I'm from, we never get earthquakes. I was kind of relieved with this experience because it made me happy knowing that I wasn't the only witness of it. The most terrifying encounter that happened to me was in the middle of the night. I was sleeping in my bed that was in the middle of my room when suddenly I woke up. I do not know why, whether it was instinct or a gut feeling I had, but I just woke up and was wide awake. I looked at my door that led to the hallway to see a tall, pitch black, shadowy figure of a man with a hat uh the hat man. Always and a little pitch black shadowy figure of a chihuahua next to him in the middle of my doorframe. That's even scarier. <laughs> Honestly. Uh I was terrified and I remember having a gut feeling to not speak or scream for my parents because I felt like it was going to hurt me. Instead, in order to feel safe, I just covered my face with my blanket and tried to fall back asleep. The following day, I asked my dad if he was watching me sleep, and he sadly responded with a no. I had told my parents what had happened, but they obviously did not believe me. I only told him about the figure of the man and not the dog, because our Chihuahua had passed away about a year or two prior, so I also thought that it could have been my imagination. After this experience, I now sleep with all my doors closed. Wow, I love, like, the, like, wherewithal this author has of everything, Mm -hmm. right? Of just, like, the clear thinking. Mm -hmm, so yeah a physical experience that had happened to me was when I was sleeping and you know how when you dream and right before something hits you you wake up yes well I had a dream where I saw an image of a pitchfork thrusting itself upwards that's terrifying oh no I woke up with a burning sensation on my back and since it was morning I went to my mom who was in the kitchen so she can check what's on my back I had three long scratch marks in the middle of my back, and my mom asked me if I had done it, and I, of course, said no. So here come the toys. The creepiest experience had happened to me at night when one of my stuffed animals that had a voice box in it began going off. And, of course, it freaked me out at first, but then I just thought I accidentally left it on. I got up to turn it off, but the switch said it was already off. I assumed it was broken and opened it to take out the batteries. When I took out the batteries, the noise from the stuffed animals still continued. I was obviously freaked out and the dog toy eventually just stopped. I never acknowledged the situation either because at the time my room was full of stuffed animals. So I just played it off as a joke. I would talk to my stuffed animals after this. I, I thought they might get upset if I didn't play with them or interact with them. Now that I think about it, That is kind of weird, but that's just how I coped with it, I guess. I would also experience breathing down my neck in my room at random times. Anytime that I felt it, I would freeze and stop with whatever I was doing, calmly walk to my parents' room and tell them. I don't remember when it started, but every night my mom would get a bottle of holy water and say prayers as she splashed the holy water around in my room. My mom also began praying to me every night before I went to sleep, and we went to church to get blessed crosses and hang them in my room. All of the weird stuff stopped happening to me, but after I thought everything had ended, I started getting sleep paralysis. Of course, the first time I had sleep paralysis, I was terrified. But once I researched it, I saw that it was just a dream. I stopped being afraid of the sleep paralysis dreams and instead just had fun with it. I (laughs) love that. I love this outlook on it. It's like, yeah, sleep paralysis. kind of fun. Sleep paralysis, but make it fashion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm now 19, and I'm not a religious person at all, and majority of the crosses that were in my room are now taken down, except for the one cross that is above my doorframe, because I fear that if it gets taken down, whatever is in my room will come back again. About a couple of months ago, I brought all this up to my mom and asked her why she didn't believe me at the time, And she responded that she did believe me, but she didn't want to admit it and make me more scared. I haven't seen anything or experienced anything since, but I still get the dreams, which I have become numb to. I just wanted to give you a glimpse of what happened to me when I was little and wondering if anyone else had experienced something similar. So I read the comments and there's mostly just stuff from OP just responding and saying, like, thanks for sharing your story. But I feel like I saw a pattern to this.
1: Wow.
0: So, of course, the hat man's there, which, like, none of us are a fan of. But the hat man has a dog. Mm-hmm. A chihuahua. Which they said had passed away, like, a year or two before. And then all of a sudden, the dog toy is the one that becomes, I guess, what, possessed?
1: There's, like, definitely some symbolism behind that. Right? Like, I think so. I feel like... And then that, you
0: know, it kind of gets you thinking, like, obviously they say, like, the hat man is, like, you know, a bad omen and everything. But, like, I mean, you had an experience seeing the hat man, right?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't a bad one. I I actually felt pretty comfortable around the hat man that I experienced in my house.
0: Right. So maybe he's not, like, all bad and we're just scared of things we don't know. Yeah. And he was maybe him, like, bringing the dog spirit or this sounds really, like, convoluted but in my in my little coconut head it makes sense of you know maybe the dog was trying to come and you know when when the you know author was scared they thought well you know they've got all these toys maybe i'll just communicate through a dog toy and maybe they'll get the hint that it's you know me the dog ghost or whatever so i just thought that was an interesting one working with toys and also um, makes me think that if I ever have children, they're not getting any toys with voice boxes.
1: Fair. Well, I think, I think you can look at the story like we talk about with other experiences, one of two ways. You can either look at the spirit playing with the dog toy as, oh, they're just trying to communicate that they are good. They're, they are a good spirit, that there's some symbolism with the dog. and maybe trying to Alleviate any sort of concern that the poster did have. Or mm-hmm. it could be that they're trying to do this to make the the poster um, feel comfortable <gasps> and leave them. Yeah, they're opposed. in disguise as a good spirit. And then they take over them at their most vulnerable point. You know what oh, I mean? That's saying? true. Let us know what you guys think and email Yeah, us tweet at- us
0: at JGP Podcast or email us at just fully at gmail.com.
1: Whatever. Do what you want to do. It's your life. Okay. So my first story for today is titled, A Strange Experience with a Light-Up Cat Toy, Potentially Haunted Antiques, and a Spirit Box. Would love opinions on this. And this is by the Prophetic Python. I'm loving these names. This all
0: sounds so good already. Yeah.
1: So hello, everyone. I'm in the midst of a bizarre situation that I'd love some clarity on. Disclaimer, I am very into the paranormal and very knowledgeable on unexplained phenomena and how to discern them from regular explainable occurrences. I am meticulous with my research and what I deem to be legit and trustworthy. So this experience is all the weirder for those concerns. Another quick comment before we begin, I'm one of those weirdos that likes to find supposedly haunted antiques. So I found a pair of ceramic Siamese cats a couple years ago at a curiosity shop, which I believe to be haunted in some regard maybe a residual energy of some kind. They are a part of the story, so here we go. My family recently bought a, a toy ball for our cat maybe a month or two ago. One of those translucent balls that flashes a red light when you tap or throw it. Fresh batteries, completely functional. About a week ago, my mom and I were having a conversation in our living room and the ball began flashing as if someone had tapped it. Something clearly made the sensors go off. We began to playfully and tongue in cheek talk to the ball saying, Turn off. Now turn on again. We were just being silly, but it did actually respond to our commands. Odd, but we figured it was a hilarious coincidence with timing. I thought maybe the sensor was fucked up or it was the batteries. I checked both and they were both fine. Odd for sure, but I figured we'd find a way to explain it. We love a logical listener. I know. Um, The whole ordeal lasted for maybe 10 to 20 minutes, but it didn't light up for several days after the fact. Later that night, there were strange noises heard throughout the neighborhood by multiple people. Noises of a mechanical nature that we all heard around us. This may or may not be relevant later, which is why I'm bringing it up now. So remember that. Anyways, fast forward a week or so to yesterday. The ball began to inexplicably illuminate itself again. It also was acting rather erratically. After the sensor is activated, it flashes for approximately 14 seconds. I counted. (laughs) During these occasions where it lights up without being tapped or thrown, the lights will continue to blink for much longer, sometimes even a minute or more at a time. I've watched very closely and they'll stop for a split second before being activated again. However, there have also been times where the lights flash for less than the regular 14 seconds. This never, ever happens when we were playing with our cat. It's always 14 seconds 100% of the time. Only when At it least it's not 13. Oh, That's true. That, that is would be true. so much scarier. Yes. Only when it illuminates on its own does the amount of time activated change. Hmm. Yesterday, I also discovered a spirit box app called Necrophonic. Has anyone used this? I did a lot of research, and in my opinion, it is reputable. For those who aren't familiar, it's basically an app that has a sound bank that mimics radio frequencies, the kind you've heard classic EVPs through. It basically emulated these conditions with the addition of having computer-generated syllables from which a spirit could potentially form words, just things like A, E, I, O, U, and common consonant sounds. There are no pre-recorded words or sounds in this app. It has reverb and echo options to aid the listener in figuring out what words they are potentially hearing, and it also plays random noises, sounds static every few seconds, just like an actual spirit box would. So now, we move forward to today. The ball has not lit up on its own since last night, so I just decided to try an EVP session with the uh, with the Siamese cat decorations, the light-up toy ball, and the spirit box app, just out of sheer curiosity, and to see if I could get the ball to light up in response to my voice. I went to my basement and lit some candles, got everything set up on my altar. I have never attempted invocation before, but I did all the necessary protections and such. I was just down there for about an hour, and I got to be honest with y'all, it was straight up ghost hunter shit, LOL. (laughs) I'm here for that too. I, I meditated for a few minutes with the ball sitting on some fabric in front of me, the cat statues on either side of the ball, my phone in front of them with a lot of crystals and a circle around everything. I did not open the spirit box app until after meditating, and the ball did not illuminate at all during that time. And when I tell you the instant I hit start on the app, and I mean instant, the ball lit up right away. I was Mm. very surprised. Basically, I had a short EVP session asking simple questions and answers, such as asking any entities with me to touch the ball, to turn it on, or to use their energy to turn it off. Something responded every time. Additionally, I got a few fascinating responses from the spirit box. Through the static, I heard a few Words clear as day during my hour-long session. Ball. Those rocks. Hello? Wait. Light. Not sure. Masks and my name. Oh, I, shit. I thought the fact that I heard masks was super cool because masks from the Himalayas are amongst the strange decor in my basement. I have two from Nepal and lots of other masks from elsewhere. When I asked the spirits, can you see me? They said, masks. Super cool, my opinion. <laughs> It's like validation that they are with you in that current moment. See, that scares the shit out of me because then I think the spirit is living in the mask and like they can see like
0: that. See, my mind goes to the spooky kooky ooky part. Yeah. I'm going to... I'd be like validated, but I wouldn't want to be. This is the
1: only time I don't want to be validated.
0: Yes, Um, please invalidate me, spirit.
1: (laughs) All in all, I had a fascinating but mixed experience with all this. The ball was extremely responsive, and when I closed the space and asked it to stay off, it stayed off until a few minutes ago, which prompted me to write this post. The ball will still occasionally just light up on its own for a second or two, not in response to any questions or thoughts. I'm just wondering why this is. I can't rule out the possibility that it's malfunctioning, but I got to be honest, the odds of this toy malfunctioning in direct response to questions and doing so at least a dozen times, those odds seem extremely low, if not outright impossible. Could it be that some kind of entity has indeed been interacting with the ball and therefore making its sensors a little more sensitive? It has lit up once since I began this post sitting nearby and- Oh shit. Uh Uh-huh. And for the record, I've done some debunking tests that have been unsuccessful. I tried stomping on the ground next to the ball, wondering if footsteps rustling the floor could have caused it to light up. Nope. I've touched it as gently as possible, blown on it, and turned in a circle while holding it, and attempt to see if something as gentle as the breeze from our air conditioner could have activated the lights. Nope. It has to be tapped or thrown. It doesn't light up otherwise. So what is tapping this cat toy of mine? What was speaking to me through the spirit box? Does anyone have experience with that app? Can anyone confirm or deny its legitimacy with certainty? I'd love to know. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I do like that they're running all of these other tests and not, like, we say this a lot, like, not jumping to the conclusion of, oh, yeah, it's a ghost. Like, try- yeah. trying to test things out and, like, actually investigating because not only does that make it seem, you know, like, a more serious situation, but it also is kind of, like, the fun of it. You yeah. know, of, like, the thrill of it. I shouldn't say fun, but the thrill of it all. It's like, I did this and this didn't happen and I tried this and that didn't happen. You know, it
1: kind of, like, keeps it, like, interesting. To our OG Ghost Hunters viewers, if you guys are familiar with Jay and Grant, they would always talk about how 95% of the paranormal could be explained. But mm-hmm. it's that 5% that they're searching for answers. They're trying to figure out... Because it's not normal. It's paranormal. So what, like, what, what is this that, that can't be explained? And I think that this is one of those situations. Well
0: said. Well said, Rebecca.
1: Well, thank you, Lily. What's your (laughs) next story?
0: My next story... Okay, I'm saving my best one for last. So let's do... This one is by eighty n n n i e.
1: Lily, real quick, do you see Boots, like, literally standing over my
0: shoulder in this? I've been watching Boots like a hawk. It's kind of...
1: Yeah, I don't like it. She's just, like, like, literally... It looks like one of those interrogation lights, and she just has... (laughs) <laughs> underneath it, it looks like she's either going to be interrogated for a mass murder or she's about to get abducted by aliens and go Whoop. hi boots,
0: boots. Do you see Aunt Lily? Boots, do you see your favorite? She's like, I'm not even. I'm not
1: even entertaining this right now. Not even going to look in that direction. That's how little you mean to me.
0: Listen, she didn't hiss at me last time, so things are looking up. That's on growth. <laughs> Okay, so this one is called, it's called three-year-old scared of her toys speaking to her. Mm. So they say, I'm not really sure where to go to ask. So I've come here in the hopes that there's someone to provide some comfort. For some context, we moved into a house around the beginning of December last year. We had never experienced anything more unexplained than a few creaks and squeaks before moving here. The first few weeks were pretty normal, we, but we would notice my three-year-old sister, who was two at the time moving in, would stare and almost watch something, and when we'd ask, she'd tell us she was watching a cat. <gasps> Interesting, with us just talking about boots. This continued for a good month or two, but she never showed any signs of being scared or anything. A couple months later... There were a handful of occasions she would wake up in the middle of the night, screaming and shaking with no explanation. She was terrified and in too much of a state to explain. She'd usually cry herself until she was too exhausted and fell asleep. We never asked her the following day as to not cause any stress for her. She has extremely bad breakdowns and we believe she's on the spectrum somewhere. Until it got too common to be bad dreams. I gave it and asked her and was met with, I don't like it when my friend comes at night. Cue panic mode. But what the fuck? (laughs) In the recent weeks, we've had some small things happen. A coin being picked up and dropped out of nowhere. Headphones have rolled over. The damn touchscreen on the washing machine will never stop beeping. But one thing really stood out. About a month ago, we bought my three-year-old sister an Eevee toy. She's a big fan of the Pokemon because our brother and my boyfriend. She fell in love with it. She's never been attached to a toy before, but she would refuse to go out without Eevee. We wouldn't sleep without her, wouldn't even go to the toilet or have dinner without her. Until three days ago, she began to throw Eevee across the room and seemed really upset about something. She'd refuse to have Eevee in the room at bedtime. At first, we thought maybe she was losing interest, as most kids do. But when we asked her why, she said, I don't want Evie to talk to me like that anymore. I could be crazy, but too much stuff is adding up to me. And I know spirits can target children based on their naivete and innocence. But does this seem the case to anyone else, or could it just be her? I don't really know what to think, and any advice or comments, even similar experiences, would help me feel a little less clueless. So, I read the comments, and everyone's saying, well, what is the Evie saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and someone, elegant pun, commented, I'd ask her what Evie is saying. Ask her about her friend. You're not going to get any answers until you ask some questions. And the OP said, I've tried, but not, there's no answers yet. I'm going to wait until she's in one of her storytelling moods and then ask. She may out with it all. And I don't doubt that for a second, kids are way smarter than they let on. (laughs) So then you have um, Angelique1980 commented exactly what I think we were, we're all thinking when we hear a, you know, a, Story about a ch- kid having an encounter, which is children see and hear things that adults can 't uh-huh. adults can't also entities do prey on children because they are little powerhouses of energy. spirits are known to feed off of energy in a lot of cases, and then they go on to suggest maybe contacting a medium i mean there 's a lot of comments on on this, all of which are very supportive you know of the o p saying you know like maybe you 'll get an answer if you do this, or you know maybe watch out for this and I do you know, I am a firm believer and I think you are too. I think we both are that kids are just more susceptible to the paranormal because like the one comment said, they're just little balls of energy, which people can feed off of or spirits can feed off of. And also they're more close to like the other side, Mm -hmm. right? They've been to the other side of life sooner and their views aren't as kind of like set in stone, you know, like, they don't know about ghost stories. They're two, you know, two, three years old. They don't know anything, so they only see the truth. They haven't been able to form their
1: own reality yet. It's just exactly what they've just lived through, yeah.
0: So I definitely think, and there was someone who was like, this is 100% demonic, you need to get rid of that Eevee doll immediately. And I find it kind of, like, I always, do you ever wonder... When people have a haunted possession, like what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel kind of bad for this person who's just on Reddit. Like, what do I do? And everyone's like, get rid of it. But you don't want to piss off this demonic spirit, especially not for a little girl. And then you wonder, like, who is the spirit attached to this doll who's trying to communicate with this girl? You know?
1: The spirit world's very tricky because if you do the wrong thing, you can make it 10 times worse. Yeah. So you have to go through so many tests and you have to you have to get a lot of questions answered, which isn't going to happen overnight before you can do any sort of thing. So I think yeah. that people can say, just throw it out and that's it. But there's just so much more that goes into it.
0: Yeah, it's not that simple. It's not so black and white of, oh, okay, I'll get rid of it. But what if it doesn't like how you got rid of it? Like you've seen Annabelle, right? Like- exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. Okay. So my next story is titled, Experienced a Possessed Doll, Toy. Toy, not doll. That was just <laughs> my head. It's a toy. Okay. One day, me and my friend were chilling in his... Oh, and the reader, the uh, poster is titled Miserable Candle 893. So, yeah, that's the person. Okay. One day, me and my friend were chilling in his basement just fucking around with his old childhood toys. We were 16 at the time. And all of a sudden, a bear starts to speak. It was one of those hide and seek ones that say stuff like, I can see you, can you see me, or come and find me. Okay, side note, this is fucking horrifying already. Yeah, I was about to say. A fucking bear? No thanks. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, We started searching for it and it kept going. We eventually found it behind an old mattress. We jokingly figured it was haunted and took the battery pack out. Battery packs include the speaker, batteries, and the button. So the bear was now just a regular bear. We destroyed the battery pack and mere seconds later, mere seconds later, the bear speaks again. Oh, fuck no. (laughs) We freaked the fuck out and ran upstairs when we went back downstairs after calming the fuck down and found the bear. (laughs) We went and threw it into the lake behind his house and got ready for bed. Oh no. We were watching a movie the ridiculous six, when all of a sudden we hear thumping from the vents. Oh no. And we look at each other, completely aware of what it was. Then we hear it. I can see you. Can no. you see me? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna fell up. So, <laughs> so we ran out and woke his dad up to tell him. He immediately looked pale and terrified. He took us down stairs and said, this bear and there it fucking was muddy get lily muddy and still damp. he then explained that the bear actually belonged to the family that lived there before my friend's family moved in and the only reason it's still there is because it can't be removed from the house oh shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i never went to that friend's house ever again the end shit i wouldn't either what the fuck <laughs> that you know so funny as we were just talking about in the previous story how it's all oh, like you have to like do your research before you make any decisions these 16 year olds were like nah throw this <laughs> in the lake i'm not doing no experiments we're done with this and it still came back oh god damn that, just-
0: that's it i you know what and i don't blame them for not going back to that person's house i'm gonna say it I don't Absolutely. care how cool you are. I don't care what fucking gaming console you have. If you have a possessed teddy bear, I'm fucking I'm out.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm there, I could I could find another friend with a lake in their backyard. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. All right, Lily, what's your last story?
0: Okay, so this one I'm excited about because I've heard similar stories. So when I saw the title, I was 100% in. So this one is by let me see. Uh, Romans esque grouse underscore grouse um it r o m a n s e s q u e underscore g r o u s
1: e how do I say that? Your guess is as good as mine. That is just up to the listener's imagination. Awesome. So this
0: is called possessed Furby question
1: mark. Oh, I, I could already answer this. Yes. It's, it's yeah, it's haunted. Nope. I I don't like those things. <laughs> I used to have one in my closet as a kid growing up. And really? Yes. I don't know who in my family was that sick in the fucking head to give me that as if <laughs> I wanted it. But yeah, that was always in my closet. Never wanted anything to do with it. And then I think eventually I like moved it into my parents' room and then I don't know whatever happened to it. But yeah, it's a big no for me. It's a big, that thing is just, you buy it and it haunted. it. It's just, it comes with a Victorian soul.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I agree. A Victorian soul. <laughs> I had a, a friend who I did, I, I did a show with once and he was a couple years older and we were talking about, oh, do you remember Furbies for whatever reason? Um, And he was like, dude, Furbies are all possessed. And we're like, huh, yeah, right, Brendan, like whatever. And he's like, no, seriously. And he told me the story that, like, he was at a friend's house in like junior high, and his, the friend's like younger sister had a Furby, and they were like fucking around with it, and it was like talking, you know, like they would press the, bu- like the stomach or whatever, and it would cheep or like whatever, whatever fucking noise Furbies make. And they put it like in a, in like a toy box, and they like went to, you know, like go outside and play like manhunt or something, something outside. When they came back in, It was sitting on the floor of the living room. And, of course, they're, like, you know, they're, they're like, what, like, 15 years old? And they're all, like, dude, who the fuck did this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then it talked to them, like, as they were all arguing. And then he said um, that they took the batteries out and, like, they all crashed in the living room. And, like, they heard it in the middle of the night talking. And... I was like, when I first heard it, I was like, that's like, there's no way that's true, dude. Like, you're fucking with us. Like, there's no way. And he's like, no, like, I swear to God, this happened. This re- shit really went down, blah, blah, blah. And then as I was researching toys, I found a lot of stuff about Furbies. So now I feel kind of like a dick for discounting this guy's story because seemingly it could be real. So anyways, this one's called Possessed Furbies. This will probably get taken down because of how outlandish it sounds, but I swear upon whatever higher power there might be that what I'm about to recount here is true. I was nine years old and staying at a friend's apartment. Let's call her Chloe for a few days. We spent most of the first day playing Minecraft. This was around the time when Minecraft was new and growing quickly in popularity. However, on the second day, I noticed that she had a red Furby boom. Mind you, Furbies made a brief comeback around then as well, and like most nine-year-old girls at the time, I thought they were the coolest thing ever. Chloe agreed to show me how it worked, and the two of us, plus her younger sister, toyed around with it for a few minutes before her sister accidentally dropped it off the couch. Normally, it's not a big deal when a Furby is dropped, especially when it's from a foot onto a couch cushion. But for some reason, the thing went haywire and turned to evil. Furbies change moods, and evil is the one where they go go from funny robot critters critters to diabolical trash gremlins with fire eyes. Now, do you remember that in your Furby? Because I don't recall that.
1: No. Um, Let me tell you, I don't think I ever turned on my Furby once. Again, I don't know who the sick fuck was that bought me a Furby. (laughs) I don't remember ever receiving it as a gift. It just was in my closet. (laughs) <laughs> so I must have at one point received it as a gift, and it was in my closet for a solid 10 years. Got it. Don't know. It just, yeah. So I don't know. It could have easily been possessed. I just never entertained it. I just said, nope, not today.
0: <laughs> not my today, favorite. Furby. I I actually, I never had, I think I might have had one, but it was like a McDonald's toy Furby, so it was like small and didn't work. So Furby's change moods, and evil is the one where they go from funny robot critters to dial- diabolical trash gremlins, with fire for eyes. The eyes change pattern depending on the mood. That's fine, me and Chloe said. They always go back to normal eventually. Well, long story short, the Furby didn't go back to normal. <laughs> Throughout the day, it terrorized us, moving positions by itself, saying weird shit that wasn't in a Furby's usual vocabulary. It got to the point that we locked ourselves in a bathroom with Chloe's panicking little sister. <laughs> oh my god. Though it would occasionally change moods, it would always go back to evil and stay like that for hours on end. This lasted for the better part of two days, if I remember correctly. Finally, on my second-to-last day at Chloe's house, the two of us, sick of this monster and its shenanigans, were in the, her parents' room with the Furby on the bedside table, discussing how to get rid of the thing. This is when shit really hit the fan. <laughs> I was telling Chloe that we should drop it out of her fifth-story window onto the street, let it get run over, then pour water over it when I heard something stir on the bedside table. It was the goddamn Furby. The thing had turned itself on and was now staring at us with those awful little flame eyes. And I kid you not, this thing looked at me and said in the creepiest tiny little voice, I knew that. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> no nope. get the fuck out i responded with an incredulous seriously the furby responded actually fucking responded to my question with uh-huh chloe asked it whether it was telling the truth but it just hemmed and hawed yet again something furbies do not do needless to say we ran out of the room screaming yeah i would too
1: i'm chloe doing it for later, you Yeah.
0: (laughs) Chloe later went back into the room Only to run out screeching again According to her, she tried to say bye to the Furby Only for it to bend over Hit her with its ear and say Me happy I heard her
1: What? What?
0: Now, I can't attest to whether this is true or not After our little conversation I wanted nothing to do with the Furby or that room However, I can confirm that the next morning, the Furby's batteries were dead. We asked Chloe's dad to replace them, but even with new batteries in the toy, it wouldn't turn on. First of all, where the fuck are the parents here? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? So, years later, I still don't know what the hell was wrong with that Furby or how it responded to our speech. They respond to touch stimuli, but not sound. So there's no explanation I can come up with. I considered the possibility of, now I don't know if I'm saying this right, folie a deux, which is French for something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm already intimidated. But given how, let me look it up. Something about eyes, I think. Oh, it's a Fall Out Boy album. Oh, So it's, so it is known as shared psychosis or a shared delusional disorder. Okay. So it's like when people are seeing the same thing, that isn't real. Okay. Um, let me see. But given how rare those are, I seriously doubt it. Maybe my initial theory of the furry being possessed by the devil was right after all. There's no way to prove the cause of my bizarre experience. So now there are three comments on here, all of which are amazing. The first one is, that sounds pretty scary. I had Furbies, but never any problems. The second says, never trust a Furby. (laughs) True. And the third says, I read that as furries at first.
1: (laughs) So we all took something a little different from the story. (laughs) I think, I think the title of this episode should be don't trust Furbies or don't trust a Furby. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that was, yeah. I just think that that's just the takeaway from not only this story, but this episode as a whole, just don't trust a Furby.
0: Yeah. I feel like don't trust a toy that makes noise.
1: You know what? Don't trust toys. Just sit and read. So this is titled, We Had a Haunting, Whatever Was Creeping Around Our House Had a Particular Interest in Toys, Especially My Daughter's Rocking Horse. So it starts, we got our apartment from a guy who bought it at an auction. The original owners were deep in debt and the bank took their home. For a while, both my husband and I felt strange there, from hearing noises at night to seeing shadows to having doors move during the day, but we always dismissed it. My husband worked weekends, which meant a lot of time with my daughter and I would be alone at night on Fridays and Saturdays. One Saturday evening, uh, I was folding and putting away clothes in the living room, going from the couch to the closet back and forth. My daughter's rocking horse was against the radiator. I pushed it out of the way prior. She was playing near me on the floor. Just for reference, she was three at the time. When I reached up to put a towel in a top spot, Storage space. I saw with the corner of my eye that the curtain is being pulled. Looking to my right, I saw the rocking horse leaned completely to its front side. It took me a few minutes to register the image. Then the horse slowly rocked backwards, leaning on its backside, pulling along the curtain. <laughs> so oh, this it's is tough just, now. Yeah, this thing's just completely going on. I can down. picture it.
0: Like I know this isn't what happened, but I'm picturing it like peeking out, like with one eye.
1: like I see you. Yeah. I slowly picked up my daughter and told her that she needs to come with me to check the gas meter outside our apartment door. I caught my breath and pondered whether to leave or not. We went back in. I said some Hail Marys, turned up the TV volume, (laughs) and we ate dinner. I didn't sleep until my husband got home. My daughter also had colorful plastic balls. My husband and I were cleaning a week or so after this incident and I had just moved the toys to a new place. I gathered all the balls and put them in a tall gift bag and placed the bag on the closed balcony to prevent them from rolling away and closed the door. I was walking from the bedroom that is connected to the balcony to the living room with some towels. The top towel fell. I crouched down to pick it up, and immediately after getting up, a yellow plastic ball rolled down the hallway between my feet and into the bathroom that was to the right of me. Uh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. To That's get an,
0: terrifying. Yeah,
1: just a single yellow one ball. singular
0: ball just rolling through your legs and somewhere else.
1: It's giving me like it vibes with the single red balloon. <laughs> I was yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> to get an idea, the ball had to travel in a ninety degree angle from the balcony through the closed door under the bed. Then it had to turn right to get into the hallway. I didn't know what to do. I just yelled, damn it, and walked away. Fair. Um, Yeah, that's what I would do. No, that's a lie. I'd scream, but that's (laughs) what I like to think I'd do. Closed doors would open. We heard balls rolling around under our bed, plastic bags shuffling, sulfur smell, cold drafts. I thought I was going crazy. My husband insisted that it was just our imagination that we were just overthinking things. So one weekend, we took our daughter to my in-laws because I had to drive my husband to work late that night and go pick him up early in the morning. He was sleeping in the bedroom in the afternoon. I was drinking some coffee by the kitchen window. It was a warm summer day, and the sky was slightly overcast. I heard rustling in the living room. I peeked in to see towards the right, near the couch, the rocking horse, when it suddenly moved. My first instinct was to scream for my husband, but I knew he'd never believe me without proof. It took (laughs) every... (laughs) It took... Every ounce of everything I had in me to grab my phone and start recording. I was cowering behind the room corner. My legs were trembling and my hands were shaking and I caught it. I recorded the horse moving. I got two videos before it stopped and I showed them to my husband when he finally admitted that we needed to call a priest. No, I'm not posting the video. I see it as personal. We showed it to the priest. We showed it to a couple of people in our family, but most were skeptical and I'm not bothered by it. I honestly don't feel comfortable to share it here. The only people who saw it online are just a few close friends that I trust 100%. This was an experience that deeply affected us on a personal level, and I don't want it to go public on Reddit or elsewhere. I hope you understand. That's fair. After the priest did his thing, the whole apartment went dead quiet as if it was a constant background noise that suddenly disappeared. The air was different, the light, everything. Since the blessing, nothing strange has happened. We still have the rocking horse, but now it's very well behaved. The end. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily demonic. I just think that it's something that just wants to play. Maybe a younger spirit.
0: Oh. Well, see, I like that you thought of it in such a sweet way. Because what I heard was like, we're not safe from toys even if they don't talk. So, I like your outlook on it a little
1: more. There's two types of people in this world.
0: There are. Oh my gosh. Oh.
1: Well, on that note, guys, that concludes this episode of Just Glimming Things. Thank you so much for listening, Boo, thanks. And Lily, do you have anything to wrap up this episode with? Um
0: You know, I was thinking and this is kind of emo for me to say. Okay. But I was thinking about the last time I had mono and how it was only about a month later that we started the podcast. And I was just thinking about how long it's been going and like how far we've come and how it really means a lot. And I'm so happy that like we have this together. Like it's so cheesy and not something I'd usually say, but as I was like driving home back from wherever I was today, uh, it kind of hit me like, wow, like, I'm really lucky, and like Rebecca and I are so lucky to have like this really good following, and like these like they feel like friends that we've made mm-hmm. along the way,
1: for sure. So,
0: just a cheesy thank you to everyone. That's all I have to say.
1: Just a reminder how much we love our boo things.
0: Oh my gosh, we love all the boo things.
1: All right, ready to shout out our socials?
0: Born ready. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast.
1: Follow our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and
0: at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast.
1: Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group.
0: Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to that Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast.
1: Buy our merch at tpublic.com. Search Just Ghouly Things Podcast or rebeccaruber.com slash shop. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at just coolly gmail.com and if you're listening on apple podcast totally rate us five stars and review us i mean it costs zero cents and it helps it is free us. it's free if it's free it's me <laughs> i love that all right boo thanks thank you so much for listening and we will talk to boo next week
0: goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition, accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess, Amira Ali. Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connect Sidney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sid will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot now for the price of $9.99 paperback and 99 cents on Kindle. Available on Amazon.